Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Now welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast. Joining me today on the show is Dr. Kishore Kumar. Dr. Kishore is the founder chairman of Cloud9 Hospitals. Dr. Kishore is a well-renowned neonatologist who has worked across North America, the UK, Asia and Australia. He has always been a leader in his life. After spending nearly 18 years overseas, Dr. Kishore established the Cloud9 group of hospitals in 2006. Welcome to the show Dr. Kishore. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for giving us your time to get into a conversation with you today. Dr. Kishore, can you walk us through your journey in the healthcare industry? What made you choose neonatal care as your specialty? Uh thank you Ashwant for uh, asking me to be here and uh uh since my childhood uh, my mother always wanted me to be a doctor. I also had a soft corner for medical profession having seen my family practitioner who uh, <clears throat> uh drew a lot of respect from the whole um, uh, community so the combination of those two chose me to become a doctor and once i joined the medical college and qualified as a doctor what uh, really uh, impacted me was uh, simple interventions can save a lot of uh, lives especially children and children uh, uh, medical issues are totally totally different compared to adults adults sometimes have many incurable diseases and a uh, lot of lifestyle diseases whereas children life is full of future and a uh, lot of children we used to see die in front of your eyes when they could have been saved and uh, that that's what brought me to uh, children specialization but in children specialization subsequently when i worked uh, in with the babies i saw a lot of babies dying uh, in the hospitals when i worked and i felt uh, this is an area subsequent uh, to children specialization i should specialize subspecialize in uh, neonatology and that time there was no subspecialization in india but uh, there was a huge uh, amount of subspecialization happening in the uk usa and all that's why i left india to subspecialize in neonatology and became a neonatologist yeah excellent so definitely it's a very sensitive uh, thing taking care of the newborn child and there is a lot of specialization like yours i can definitely relate to that because my sister is a doctor in uk who's done a pediatric radiology i keep hearing a lot of stories from her sometimes it is so disturbing and then mm-hmm. you said and then you are doing a great job doctor no in fact uh, what happened is soon after my md i was working in mysore mission hospital yes and we saved a baby of 783 grams oh okay and at uh, that time it was the lowest uh, weight of the baby born and saved in india oh. so my name was uh, printed all over the media and every, everywhere it was there saying that dr kishore has saved yes but i wasn't confident whether it was a fluke or the baby saved or whether it survived because of its own robust uh, surviving capacity and that's when uh, my desire to specialize in neonatology became even stronger yes. because i wanted to make sure that this becomes a certainty rather than a choice 
our chance. Yes. Because what happened is we used to read a lot of babies being saved at 500 grams, 600 grams confidently, but we didn't have those facilities those days. Yeah. And uh, now the smallest we have saved in cloud nine is about 400 grams baby. So, and we, we can be almost uh, uh, quite certain whether the baby will survive or not when we look at the baby and treat the baby. Yes, yes. That's being very humble, doctor. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, you have completed your management in healthcare delivery from Harvard Business School. Uh, this is very different and niche specialization in management. Uh, can you share your experience on this and how is management of healthcare uh, delivery different from others? Uh, after I finished my post-graduation and all the studies in virtually every continent of the earth, uh, I actually wanted to do an MBA. but. Uh, by that time, I think, uh, you know, my wife and kids were also uh, tired of seeing me studying all the time. So <laughs> I, I, I postponed a little bit. But subsequently, I heard that uh, there was an executive MBA, which has Harvard has started about seven years back. And uh, so I was interested in that. And when I looked at the prospectus, this was purely meant for people like me, who are uh, medical graduates, who understand the medicine nitty gritty and then want to get into uh, healthcare delivery or administration in a bigger way. Mm -hmm. Though I was doing administration in cloud nine, I wanted to learn the nitty gritty of uh, healthcare management uh, in a government sector, how to start public private partnership. So I thought I can learn from all that uh, by joining this. It's a, it was an elite uh, group of uh, 50 of us from all over the world. Mm -hmm. um, it was an executive MBA, basically, in healthcare delivery. Mm -hmm. Virtually teaches all the pros and cons of healthcare deliveries in uh, every country which has done well. For example, just give you an example. Uh, American healthcare system, everybody looks at uh, as if uh, achiever, but uh, American healthcare system is exactly the same as India. Okay. A poor person goes to government hospital and may or may not get treated, whereas the rich person gets treated with all the luxury, which is what is happening in India. Mm -hmm. And if you look at NHS, which is the UK healthcare system, whether you have money, you don't have money, everybody gets the same level of treatment wherever you go throughout the country. Mm -hmm. So naturally, some rich people are unhappy about it. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the healthcare system in Sweden, for example, it's one of the best. Mm -hmm. But is it the best? Well, they also had a problems because what happened is they were uh, having a lot of people surviving into 80s and 90s requiring hip replacement. Okay. And the waiting uh, list for hip replacement uh, was anywhere up to two years. Okay. So they said that this quality of life is getting spoiled. Mm -hmm. So the government introduced incentives to operate on uh, hip surgery for those people to reduce the waiting list. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways what they did is they created a package um, to, so that uh, when you do a hip surgery, you get a good amount of money for that hospital and all that. And that package did not realize there are some people who will get complications, some people who don't get complications. So a learned country like Sweden chose all the patients who won't have complications and operated so that they can get quick money rather than working on a complicated patient and looking after them for a long time. Okay. So the waiting list for complicated patients hmm. became longer. So <laughs> the human element is what we need to uh, tackle. It's right. not the system. 
and irrespective of which country look at the healthcare system no healthcare system is perfect at this stage mm-hmm. and in india being a 1.3 billion population yes we have only 3.7% of the population paying tax mm-hmm. so providing a free healthcare for the whole country becomes virtually impossible the only way we can move forward is a public private partnership and a tax incentive system and probably rather than income tax expenditure tax because you know in income tax you eliminate politicians you eliminate agriculturalists you eliminate defense people 3.7% of people paying income tax it's not sustainable to provide a good healthcare system so it's high time we put all intellectual thoughts together and have a debate and how to move forward and that's what i'm interested in in fact uh, when the pandemic struck i put lot of thoughts into how we can face and how to can prepare i did uh, draw up guidelines and sent off to our dear politicians but uh, none of those guidelines were even today has been implemented had we implemented that we wouldn't have had this problem of shortage of beds shortage of anything so sometimes uh, you know listening to people who have the experience and knowledge uh, is important but uh, politicians are not meant to and uh, do that so that's where our healthcare system really really needs a boost okay right i think you rightly said because moving forward the public private partnership is definitely the way forward and then uh, we can address to many of the uh, healthcare issues that are there in india definitely yes we look forward for that happening soon sometime correct so after doing your uh, management in healthcare so definitely there sometimes you would have under, uh, you would have seen that okay making some tough decisions is very important in life okay and w- uh, what are your tips on making some uh, such tough uh, decisions how do we take the emotional factor out of our decision making and make the most uh, practical decision out of it this is a very very important question ishwant in fact uh, uh, this point was discussed in our uh, executive mba uh-huh. and in healthcare delivery and uh, our first class was where they gave a psychological test mm-hmm. and they analyzed our person uh, you know personalities in other words uh, we were divided into our class was divided into four personality groups mm-hmm. interestingly the research shows that uh, most doctors are empathetic mm-hmm. whereas uh, most ceos of uh, multinational companies are great leaders but they are not empathetic okay so if you want to achieve something without cutting corners you really need uh, ceo mentality not empathy mm. but healthcare is an exception yes. you know if you have a leadership qualities and empathy then you become a better leader mm. so in other words uh, you know the decisions in healthcare industry is not like a multinational or a software industry it actually needs empathy because not every case is uh, same and healthcare delivery and healthcare uh, uh, responsive responsibility uh, and response of the patients to a particular uh, treatment is not uniform for example if you say look you take this medicine everybody doesn't respond to the medicine in the same way some may respond some may take longer some may not respond there is no way of predicting those sort of things mm-hmm. so that's where you need empathy and uh, uh, reassurance and various things in uh, dealing with uh, um, rich and poor and uh, 
you know, various different personalities of healthcare medicine you get. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not like tick, you know, you have achieved, let me pro- pro- promote you. You're not achieved, uh, you will demote you. So healthcare in that sense is a very, very complex situation and healthcare delivery people need to have empathy. That's why there is more focus nowadays uh, in the most of the Western uh, countries, at least uh, to have doctor led hospitals rather than purely MBA led uh, hospitals. Because in the past, there have been mistakes made by pure administrators leading the hospitals and a lot of uh, uh, issues. So there is a push and there is a research which shows that uh, doctors who become administrators are better administrators and much more uh, empathetic uh, hospitals will be run and healthcare is good in that sort of communities. Yes, yes. So, uh, well said, the doctor. Doctor, one more thing that we keep on listening that okay, there is a thin line of difference between healthcare industry and hospitality. So, how different uh, is leading in a healthcare industry than hospitality or any other industries? I'm fascinated with this question, Ashwant, and uh, because uh, this <laughs> is a question uh, I have been driving into every meeting, uh, and it's not a thin line, it's actually a thick line, I should say. There is a okay. huge difference. <laughs> See, uh, I keep telling people that uh, healthcare is hospitality 24 bar 7. Then some people say, oh, hospitality is also 24 bar 7, for example, if you go to a hotel. But hospitality needs to care for hospitality only for 24 bar 7. Whereas in healthcare, it is hospitality 24 bar 7, along with healthcare, which is 24 bar 7. Right. And uh, when, when you sleep in a hospitality, you sleep. Whereas here, the disease is not going to sleep. The medical condition is not going to be sleep. So the healthcare people have to be on their alert 24 bar 7. Even a minute negligence of one minute can cost the life of a person. And uh, so delivering healthcare delivery 24 bar 7 in a quality controlled uh, way, along with the hospitality, is healthcare. So in other words, it is uh, triple the cost of uh, hospitality, I would say, because hospitality is just, that's it. In healthcare industry, if you don't give a good hospitality uh, it and you have a provided a very good healthcare, even then people grumble. So it's very, very grossly different. I mean, providing both healthcare and hospitality 24 bar 7 is a major challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's well explained. So you actually made us understand the difference between healthcare industry and hospitality because many of us get confused there and then we take we understand that both are the same very well said doctor thank you for in so fact uh, in fact i had this uh, argument uh, with a uh, lot of companies i i mean i can i don't want to say on the public in the here okay. but uh, when they were considering a lot of awards when we were coming up in uh, cloud nine hospital initially uh-huh. we were being compared uh, with the software industry software industry closes at 9 to 5 yes. and i said how can you compare uh, awarding providing an award for somebody who is closing 9 to 5 and where we are open 24 bar 7 plus the hospitality plus the healthcare you cannot compare us to anything if you want to compare healthcare you have to compare with healthcare you cannot compare a multinational company with this and say your revenue is this much your return on investment is this much and you know they've lost the plot there and a lot of people who are uh, 
um, thinking big in terms of awards, they don't even realize that uh, that revenue investment or return on investment or uh, all those things can be only one part of the healthcare. We are working 24 bar 7 and the, we can only be compared with healthcare, not with anything else, not even with hospitality for the reasons I mentioned here. Right, right. Very, very much uh, true. So thanks for clarifying that. So definitely all leaders in different industries will be facing a lot of challenges. Like what we discussed a few uh, minutes back, uh, we also said that okay, healthcare industry is very different from the hospitality industries and other industries. So what are the challenges you as a leader face in the healthcare industry and how do you overcome them? And that's a very, very important question. And I don't think we'll have enough time if I start telling all the <laughs> challenges. Uh, but uh, in, in summary, in brief, I can say the challenges in healthcare industry are uh, enormous. And uh, we, are, we are not very organized in healthcare industry, unlike uh, software industry, because what has happened is when the software boom happened in 80s and 90s, there's also the software industry quickly got around and uh, created a single window approachment in most of the states. Mm-hmm. In healthcare industry, we don't have like that. For example, to start a small hospital, doesn't matter what size of a hospital it is. We have 32 licenses and each license is with a different department. So starting from that point, then, you know, we have our own challenges in, uh, you know, procuring quality healthcare uh, workers. When I say why quality healthcare workers, many of the nurses who qualify in our nursing uh, colleges in India, I must say they're not standardized. A lot of them won't even know how to take a blood pressure, but they would have qualified as nurses. Okay. And doctors, we all think that uh, they're all trained properly, but uh, the exams conducted in uh, India trains you to pass an exam, but not treat a patient. So training of doctors subsequently post-exams needs a lot of uh, uh, care and attention. Uh, so training the doctors, training the nurses, challenges with the licenses, then comes the attrition, then comes the challenges with the infrastructure, you have certain things in your mind, but we want to implement that. And many people may not understand the quality of work, which is required for healthcare is totally different. Mm-hmm. Just to give an example, you know, when we wanted to bring build Cloud9 Hospital, uh, we at least met two or three architects who didn't realize that uh, the toilet floor should be same level as the room. And uh, they were saying, why, why? Because if you look at most of the old hospitals, they have a toilet uh, at least six inches or eight inches above or below the ground. And they used to say it's plumbing. And I said, I don't know what you need to do, but I can't have a toilet which is six or eight inches, especially when a lady has a spinal anesthesia. Uh, Climbing the stairs of six, six inches or four inches is a huge ask. And you need to have a toilet at... So we went through all these sort of discussions and challenges to create infrastructure of international standards. And it may look uh, very simple when you come to Cloud9, but a lot of thought process has gone into that detailing uh, infrastructure. And all these are challenges. We have uh, put passion and thought process and created a world infrastructure to deliver the best in the healthcare. So the challenges are numerous. As I said, I can only provide the headings for the time we have, but each each sector is very, very different. Yeah, well said, doctor. I am an example for being there in Cloud9 and having taken your uh, services, your doctor's services. And definitely when I enter Cloud9, that the very feeling of giving that comfort for a patient is 
commendable and not every hospital will have that and then even even the uh, now i understand uh, the thought process behind uh, designing every uh, ward room and every uh, rooms that are there and now i definitely understand that and i i can get a point that how much of challenges you would have gone through in going to the details of uh, everything that you have done and and i'm sure that i'm definitely sure that this is your baby and then it's a well thought process that you have done behind it yeah the first and foremost we wanted to create a hospital which did not sound like a hospital purely because um, my personal uh, slogan which we always uh, kept on saying is pregnancy is a wellness not an illness so you don't go to hospital because you are sick but you are pregnant and you are want to celebrate yes so that's why it needed to be in that celebratory mood and it needed uh, not to feel like a hospital not to smell like a hospital yeah. and uh, you know, so that that's why we had to be different so we have the five star ambience with the quality healthcare yes. and that was the motto that's why we designed cloud nine the way it is to make sure that uh, it is quite inviting rather than uh, depressing that that was uh, that was the bottom line of the whole whole color uh, combination and the infrastructure yeah and not only that even the send off is also excellently thought of in uh, cloud nine because i have an experience that okay you uh, decorate the cars with uh, pink balloons if they, it's a girl baby and they decorate the cars with uh, blue balloons if it's a boy baby and then the the parents when they're taking their baby home that that celebration is definitely uh, yeah. it's uh, somebody who can only experience it can feel what it is and then i am the one i am one of them who have experienced yeah. it this is the best example of what we call as uh, we uh, try to improve every day because when we started cloud nine we didn't have that yes. about 3 months later when i was uh, sitting in my chamber i saw one of these couple walking out with a baby and to their car and you know they were so excited their family was excited but everybody was looking at them as if like wow what is this happening <laughs> uh, what's happening so i realized that that excitement need to be shared and that's excitement we need to make part so when we started about 3 months later then we realized we need to make this as a exactly the process of discharge that's when we implemented all these balloons and uh, because we wanted to be part of the excitement of the family having delivered the safe motherhood and uh, safe baby rather than just sending them off and that's why we started all this uh, celebration excellent doctor it's very nice to know that okay. so again uh, we are running short of time and then i'll just take a couple of minutes to just uh, uh, ask you one other uh, question so in your experience what changes do you see in the healthcare industry from uh, uh, the next 5 uh, to 10 years down the line now do you think that the industry will get uh, uh, data heavy yes i think uh, that that's a very very good question i wish i had more time to answer but uh, the point here is uh, when we started cloud nine we had uh, you know hospital management system from day one and we are the only hospital at that time probably to have the record of the vaccination of the child available in electronic format and lot of our parents moved overseas they wanted electron i mean uh, the vaccination details click of a button we used to send them off in a pdf or a email uh, giving all those things even today we have the electronic data captured of all the patients from day one but electronic data uh, and patient record uh, not only need to be maintained it needs to be protected so that people don't misuse it so it is going to be a future of the healthcare industry in a big way currently we don't have that system in most of the places secondly the pandemic has created a 
virtual awareness that preventive and public health needs to be improved and virtually preventive and public health was not there in india at all or it has been neglected over decades so it is high time we improve the public and private healthcare system and preventive healthcare system and also work in conjunction with the private healthcare to make india the better healthcare destination rather than just keep talking about it and we all know that the research has shown that uh, the indian doctors abroad uh, are much better than the any other western doctors in fact the harvard uh, university uh, research showed that uh, any patient treated by a indian trained doctor survives 5 years longer than a uh, local doctor that was the research in boston research so clearly we are one of the we have one of the very good doctors in india but unless they are provided with the proper infrastructure and facilities the population is not going to be benefiting and in this context the government needs to do lot of work including protecting uh, the doctors against violence and the violence against doctors are increasing purely because of the uh, healthcare costs being rising and proper public healthcare system not being available the frustration of these uh, public are being taken on the uh, doctors and that needs to stop for us to move in any right direction and data is one of the thing which uh, definitely is going to increase enormously currently we don't have any data at all even if you look at the pandemic lot of data came from the uk benefit of steroids benefit of remdesivir everything all that we had was uh, you know hypothesis bcg is being given that's why it's not there and we are using turmeric that's why we are not having covid when the real covid hits we are all falling in sick we don't have any proper research and data analysis to see who is benefiting from what and that needs to happen in a big way for us to move to the next step and artificial intelligence and uh, electronics can play a huge role in all this and so hopefully will be better in the next 5 to 10 years okay yeah well said doctor so yes we would definitely love to just take some more time of yours and then get to know more about the industry but as always the time is pressing and thank you so much for accepting our invitation then being a part of our podcast series and then thank you so much and wish you all the best doctor thank you thank you ashwant for your time and thank you thank you